0: What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Whitetail Edge Podcast, a podcast designed to make you a better whitetail hunter. Now, your host, Ben Rising, and myself, Dylan Ganty. Alright guys, and so you uh, heard in the intro, this is the Whitetail Edge podcast. This is uh, the debut for this podcast. Uh, I'm here with uh, Ben Rising. My name is Dylan Gandy. Um, Me and Ben are going to be kind of hosting this this podcast, this new adventure. I've been trying to get Ben to to do this for a long time, and he finally caved in. Yes, I did. (laughs) And caved is the ultimate word, because I caved.
1: Yeah. But uh, I guess we'll just have to see how it goes. I guess podcasts are the way of the future, and this old man kind of has to uh, conform with
0: that, I guess, to a degree. Well, I just, like, one of the main reasons, like, why I wanted Ben to do this, uh, you know, so bad was I think we're in, like, a a time period where a lot of people, like myself, are, like, you know, we're just trying to learn as much as we can. And uh, podcasts is an easy way to do that, I think. People get tired of listening to music at work. I think there's a lot of people that, you know, put headphones in and, and listen all day. And I think, you know, just listening to podcasts, full information. Dude, you can never get tired of listening to Leonard Skinner. <laughs> Free bird. Come on, man. Simple man. <laughs> yeah. Five minutes in. Um, so, yeah, just, you know, trying um, to get a, uh, you know, I think the whole purpose, between, you know, behind White Till Edge was you wanted to share some of your knowledge yeah well basically
1: it it started as well i was you know doing outfitting you know i've been a timber guy my whole life anybody that's ever followed me or knows anything about me um i've been in the timber business cutting timber since i was 17 years old um it's what i do daily i don't cut trees every day anymore like i used to but just stopped that the last couple of years but um still buy timber every day work with my logging crews you know um stuff like that sawmill that we buy timber for so I'm in the timber all the time but I guess you know mainly I started it you know when the outfitting I started outfitting and uh, didn't really like it that much did it for some time it acquired a lot of leases things like that helped me learn a lot but I really didn't enjoy that part of it Um, a lot of people had too high of expectations Um, they thought a booner should be around every tree because they were hunting with me or things like that and it just leases were getting expensive just wasn't a lot of money in it and there, there could be a lot of money if you were a guy that wanted to overhunt your properties you know you could sell all the hunts you wanted um but i just wasn't that guy i didn't i, I cared more about my deer herd and the land than i did making the money so i decided that it was time to time to shift and i'd you know had filmed for Drury Outdoors for a long time, you know, from 2001 or two, I think, until 2013 was my last year with them. So in 15, I decided to shift gears a little bit, start Whitetail Edge. Um, and here we are. I mean, almost, it's, this is what, almost eight years later now into it. And it's really grown. I mean, you know, we have a good reach. We're not the biggest show out there by any means, but I do believe that our following is a very loyal, cult-type following. The, the Whitetail Edge fans, you know, they, they come to us for... I think they learned something from our show. We're not just that show that um, the screen comes on and you're sitting in a deer stand, you know, the whole or whole box blind, told. or whatever, and it's it's just a kill, <clears throat> and then you're on to the next one. It's It's more about how we did what we did to put ourselves in those positions and we try to relate to the normal people um we do hunt you know we hunt private ground that you know we lease some we own some we knock on doors like you hunted urban this year you were knocking on doors you filmed all that Um, we hunt just like everybody else i mean we hunt some public at times you know i used to hunt public a lot more when i was younger um but i don't need to do that anymore so i don't quite hunt is much public anymore. Sometimes when I go to Iowa, I still do, but you know, those are all topics for other subjects and other shows. But yeah, so I started Whitetail Edge then to kind of help. You know, I thought at the time, I was like, well, if I could get a few sponsors, that'd be cool, you know, kind of help do some things. And I'd just been filming so long, I just didn't know how to almost hunt without filming. Yeah, so that's how it started, and it's done very well. You know, we have some great sponsors like. Some of them have been with us from the very beginning, mm-hmm. like like Andy and Janice from Black Widow, deer lures, you know. A lot of people think I actually own that company, I think, because, <laughs> you know, we do so much with it, but it's such a good product. But, um, you know, Jake from Cobra Archery has been with us a long time. HHA has been with us from the start. Uh, Redneck, Danny Little, and those guys, and Rusty Hawes, they've been with me from the beginning. Yep. And we don't hunt out of rednecks a lot. But I also don't press Danny for the kind of sponsorship that some people do get from them because I, you know, I'm aware of that. I don't kill every deer out of it. You know, we do a, one or two every year, typically. Um, somebody does, but it's a great product too. I mean, I love the ghillie blinds, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, and I'm, I'm, Rogue's been with me from the beginning, Rogue Bowstrings, yep. pretty much. Like two years in, I, they started with me mossy oak has been with me since 18 Uh, prime has been with me since 18 g5 Um, now we have new the new osseo gear with joe miles and those guys so hoping that develops into a long-term relationship you know it's a great product you know we blended that with the mossy oak terra hila pattern to help you know get the relationship started because Joe and them have their, you know, own pattern. So um, they weren't too excited to have a different camo pattern when they didn't really need one. So, But they did it anyway, so we just hope that it works out. And So if you are looking for some really good clothes, I would check out the Osio
0: gear. It's great stuff. Um, Use code Edge uh, 10 Kind of save you some money on the yeah. discount. But It's just one of them things that, uh, I don't know. Like,
1: you can't have these shows, though, without sponsors. Yeah. Some people... Like man you guys sound like a commercial sometimes but man what you got to understand and if you want to see the other content for the shows that we put out later on and learn from those things we have to have these
0: sponsors yeah and it's free content so i mean <clears throat> you're getting you're getting the content for free you know yeah and so yeah
1: you're not we're not making anybody pay yeah and you're getting the knowledge for free right we've had so many people comment on that this year did you notice that what was it how many people commented and said we love that you give up your secrets for free oh yeah, yeah. and not knocking anybody that charges or does consultations because you know I've done a few and mm-hmm. have been pounded been asked over and over to do more and I mean we may consider it the hardest part for me is just being away from home finding the time to to get away and you know still have a 14 year old son at home and a 16 year old daughter and you know my other kids are growing up but it's just hard. To, I like my wife too much. Mm-hmm. You know, I do. I yeah. love her to death. So it's like hard to be away from her, and you know, going and being on the road all the time. It's one thing when I'm hunting and doing stuff for the show because I have a job to do, and she gets it and she supports me. She's okay. with She actually likes to see me go. so She, she can get some things done at home. But <laughs> and she has been. Yeah, she, she's she just painted some, the whole trailer. Send, yeah, send a the, picture. We have an Airbnb modular home. We have two airbnbs one is an old farmhouse that she's done a great job with and then we have this it was actually my parents single wide modular that was really nice shape but it was outdated and she's just gone through the whole thing and just made it look fantastic and so we do airbnb those out um and you can find that too on airbnb you know for it's under uh, serenity ridge i believe or kilbuck ohio you just have to find it but we can also give people more information on that if they really want to do, come to Kill Buck and stay. Yeah. Yep. But um, lots to talk about, I guess. You know, this is somewhat exciting starting a new podcast because I've listened to a few. I haven't listened to a bunch. I've done a lot. I've had people ask me to do a ton. Mm-hmm. I don't always get to them, but I try to do as many as I can just to be nice to people.
0: Yeah, and I mean, just a disclaimer, too, you know, I mean, we do have a couple mics and a mixer and stuff like that, but I don't think we're ever going to be, like, extremely, yeah. like, we're, high quality. We're not going to be the good old boys at Working yeah. Class. Those yeah. guys have it figured out. They have their own studio,
1: and they're great guys, and, I mean, they own the podcast world. We're not trying to trying to take anything away from those guys or anybody else that does it. We're just kind of jumping in and seeing where this goes, and it's all going to depend on the listeners, where yeah. it ends up
0: yeah just some more content for uh for everybody and uh we're just sitting in a dining room right yeah. now i think a lot of people have been very interested in the personal life of me
1: over the years like yeah. they don't know a lot about me in that sense and maybe this will open up that door to be able to kind of let people in a little bit on that side of things you yep. know because it's funny i've learned that people either love me or they hate me that's really what i've figured out <laughs> like with my fans like they either really dig me and they like how i am on camera or it's i can't stand that son of a gun you know
0: <laughs> i've I, honestly never heard that i mean oh i have oh yeah i've seen them
1: in the years past but it's fine i mean you have that yeah you're not going to appeal to everybody you yeah. you know um and i don't try to i don't try to be anybody different i'm just me every day yeah you know and i've had some growing pains and you know the Lord's brought me along, and you know I've made some big mistakes in my life, and you know, um, maybe some of those things will come out in the future. It all depends on where this goes, because you know, anybody that does know me knows me. I'm a man of faith, but I've, you know, I stumbled too, and I have in the past, and made big mistakes, like I said. But you got to rebound. You look forward, and just know that that's why Christ died on the cross for us. So we have that opportunity. That's right to be forgiven and move forward. But, um. So anyways, Dylan, this is your idea. So anybody that doesn't know Dylan, let's introduce Dylan just a little bit. Dylan is, I met Dylan in 2014, I think it was, somewhere around there, Yep, 13 or 14. He was kind of helping a little bit with the outfitting, doing some mowing yards and, you know, just stuff like that, helping with food plots, Um, did a church event with us, with me and Wes Feldner back in the day, and then Dylan kind of got sick, he got bit by a tick, and went under the weather for some time, and he couldn't do it anymore. So, But we've reconnected. We've always stayed connected, but then we reconnected on the filming side, and he's really got a talent for editing and this kind of stuff. He forgets his camera a lot.
0: But, <laughs> I don't even know how. Or his GoPro. Yeah, I don't. Even, my GoPro was in the truck. I don't even I know how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, he's, he's very
1: refreshing. He's young, and so he's kind of like my, I don't know what you'd call it, my student at this time, you know, so we'll see where it goes. But um, you're going to be seeing. If you could a give me, if I'm your student, if you could give me a grade right now. A grade right now. Oh, wait, do I want to know? I think you've done all right. Yeah, you've. Dylan's tried. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> we're we're going to write a book. He was picking on me earlier today. Dylan tried. <laughs> on my headstone, to yeah. say he. Dylan tried, tried. <laughs> but because uh, I'm hard to please, I, I'll admit it. I'm, I'm just a different kind of guy. <laughs> Work. I wake up running in the morning, and I don't stop, and then, and don't I? Then You're I just fall over. You're a monster. Yeah, I'm not that. Don't even go, I'm a monster! I don't know how anybody watches that. But anyways, um, Dylan is doing a great job. He's got a real talent, and we hope to bring that out. And he's actually becoming a real good student of the white-tailed deer and been doing really good on his own. Killed his biggest deer this year at 178, so congrats,
0: Dylan. Thank you. So, uh... It was, uh, I mean, I guess we could get into that. Well, I guess first I would just want to circle back. I mean, if anybody has not seen our show or know what we're about, I mean, of course, Ben has like a whole plethora of videos that you can find all over the internet dating back to the Drury days. You can kind of catch up, you know, to when you were with the juries, and then starting back in 2015, we have a whole collection of videos on our White Tail Edge channel on YouTube. Um... So, you can date back a long time there. Mossy Oak Go, Carbon TV. Our our hunts are now being featured on uh, Deercast, which is kind of cool that you're working with the juries again on Deercast. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's an awesome app. It is. And it's awesome that the relationship with
1: us is still so good. And, you know, the juries have always been like family to me. You know, I feel me and Mark Drury have always had a real connection. Um, You know, um, it's funny, we'll just text each other on certain days, like little memes on certain. things and just like you just know there's only certain people that can get what you're sending and mark (laughs) is one of those guys that we kind of share some of that stuff but um yeah it's awesome to have the deer cast as somebody that's supporting our show and you know all we're not you know our our podcast here you know um we didn't seek any sponsors for this right now we're actually just going to give our, everybody that's with us right now, the love. And as it grows, maybe we'll see what we can do to, to help if we need the funding to keep doing better things with this. But,
0: um, yeah, you know, just pretty cool, yeah. you know. And on this side of things, like, I am completely new to, like, audio and stuff like that, so you guys will just have to bear with me. I'm sure it will get better as we go. If, uh, you know, obviously the results are good and it's something that worth keep doing um and Dylan can buy other stuff with his own money (laughs) well I don't know (laughs) about that (laughs) but anyway um so we can kind of like brush up on what's already happened this year yeah um well so like Osseo Gear was new this year Novix is fairly new
1: you know my uh, one of my best friends he's like my brother Mark Liebarger owns Novix tree stands now but I was with Novix before they um made the Made the switch with ending Lone Wolf 100% and going to Novix um, tree stands and that brand. So, um, so long story short, there you know it's still the same thing. It's changed a little bit. New owner, still made in the USA. There's going to be a lot of things changing up though moving forward. It's still going to be. It's a great tree stand. Uh, the owner's very motivated. Mark, my buddy, by barter. So, um, he's been through it here lately with it, but you know he'll pull through he'll prevail and you know
0: so well any that's any struggle that like he faces i mean it's because he believes so much yeah. in like keeping this product within that's right within the united USA. states and that's right he's big on that that's we not are. easy
1: yeah we are i mean we have formed the company called american pride outdoors and that's just what it's all going to be about that as much as we can possibly but you know things to come in the future with that and then Like I said, Osseo gear. You know that's a new new thing for us. That's new this year. Uh, So going into that, we've already killed three deer, three good bucks wearing that pattern, the Terra Hila pattern on the Osseo clothing. Um, All three deer shot within close range. You know, drawing your bow, quiet, um, comfortable. You know, um, your deer was 178. Mike's was how big? Oh, uh, mid-60s. High bigger. 60s, I think. Yeah, yeah. high it 60s to a, 70s. looked way bigger. I
0: mean, yeah, super massive, mass. massive
1: deer. Your deer looked a lot smaller, but. Oh, no, gosh. I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> then I killed a. Uh, uh, a dink. A Scroll. real stud old deer. He wasn't a high-scoring deer, but a real nice nine-point. Um,
0: what, what did boy. it
1: score? He scored 163. Uh, mine was. One seventy eight. Nice. That's what you said. Yeah. Well, well I haven't problem. put the tape to it, but man, if I got the text, wondering. <laughs> good guess. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's been a great year. That stuff is really good camouflage.
0: Um, you know, it's good clothing. So comfortable. Like, it is. It is. I had uh, when I shot mine. I had the complete mid season um, layers on, the mid season uh, hoodie, and then the the jacket. Which, you know, really, I mean, it's quite a bit of gear, you know, kind of, mm-hmm. you know, for a, a good hoodie underneath, a jacket. But I felt like I was drawing my bow, like, in a t-shirt. Like, yeah. I just felt like I could move completely. And I guess that's just where the right stitching is in the right place and, uh, and just dead quiet. Like, you know, you get some gear sometimes that are, like, you got to draw and it's like. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's been some other big deer
1: shot this year. Wearing Osseo gear, like Joe just shot a giant. Yeah, in Kansas. Um, in Kansas. he's um got stacked up like cordwood what's, right now. Uh, Donnie Monroe shot a 200, like Kansas State record, I believe, of some sort with a muzzle loader, I believe, uh, yeah. wearing Osseo gear. Yep. Um, now, like again, so Osseo has two patterns now. They have their own Raptor pattern, and then we can only wear the Mossy Oak because we're partnered with Mossy Oak. So they use the Gila pattern at the moment. They may, if things sell well and they keep us on board, then they may develop more mossy oak patterns or use more like bottomland or something else. Yeah. For now, it's just the Gila pattern, which we love because it works great in the tree. You yeah. know, It was designed more for spot and stock ground hunting like in the mountains and rocky areas and stuff, but we have learned that it is awesome in a tree stand. Even as the seasons progress yeah. too. I mean. And you see other camo brands, weren't using that pattern that are known for tree stand hunting a lot so right. um it's a great pattern we really like it and it i was just looking at some trail pictures today of where we hung that stand yesterday and you can see me in the background in the tree and it's actually a, i'm going to post that because it's really good because you can see me climbing the tree then when i get on the side of the tree you can't see me yeah duh. you can see my pants but you can't see because it breaks up excuse me it breaks up and it makes it look it's just really cool like yeah. I was like wow you had the
0: midway hoodie on yeah yeah just the midway hoodie but it's that pattern right you know I mean Joe miles you know really brainstormed this gear up I mean well, he's a bow
1: hunter Joe's like a killer yeah, yeah I mean, he's Joe's a killer. killed how many Joe, Joe is having an epic year he's killed I think four or five deer already yeah, so. Um, but he is definitely he's been a long time diehard bow hunter and there's been a lot of thought process going into this well, he's a very a guy mm-hmm. i
0: mean you can just he's motivated yeah he's very a motivated <laughs> he, is he is a, a monster. monster he is yeah, a monster.
1: he gets up early <laughs> and he's working out and he's yes he's one of those guys that joe's going to get things done
0: so yeah. really excited about that hopefully we can keep that relationship rolling and moving on but absolutely um so anyway let's kind of circle back here and talk about uh tall boy okay. that you killed this year um that's the first time you've killed a deer on that particular farm, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've leased that farm for 5 years. And that's the first buck
1: I've actually shot on it myself. Well, I mean, what took so long? I mean, you you weren't Well, even what I it. was what I figured out with that farm was a lot of the deer would summer there then leave, so I had to make some adjustments. Plus uh, the farmer was we put some soybeans in there this year that changed the game a lot. Um But me passing all the deer over the years and not hunting it. I mean, we were taking does out. I was letting some uh, youngsters or some handicapped people in that, like, shoot some bucks here and there. Um, Did let a few people hunt bucks. Mm -hmm. You know, Dan hunted there some last year. He never connected on one. But um, just the result of us finally, like, taking that little bit of ground and leaving it alone and doing as much, Doing the right things to it. Plus, there was some logging been done in it just recently, which over the last three years, it's been logged three times, different sections. But that's caused a lot of different regeneration in different spots. And I'm not talking hammered. They just went in and took a lot of the bigger oak and stuff when the prices were high on white oak and poplar and stuff there. Um, Just like an average. Yeah, to take an advantage. Basically Mm -hmm. like an 18-inch plus chest high cut. Oh, really? Fairly heavy in spots, but some spots
0: not so heavy. So really, you can't even tell it. I mean, yeah.
1: Well, you can if you get down in there. Okay. Well, well remember you, you don't we we're remember dragging me. that
0: deer through there. Oh, dude. Yeah. You don't remember that? Yeah. Well, we're gonna talk about yeah. that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so that's I think really helped a lot with the antler growth, um, too. Plus, they figured out that they're safe there. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't get pushed a lot. They don't get pressured a lot. And so this year we had some really good deer. And then of course luckily i got you know i got on tall tall boy early he wasn't the highest scoring deer i've had on camera on a lot of my ground but something about that deer i've had good history with him he's just a big old deer just mature buck yep. you know and only a nine pointer mainframe eight basically but he still scored 163 that's yeah. giant oh yeah no doubt i mean his mass was it, incredible his his mass was five inches out in the middle of his beam where you would grab it with your hands and
0: epic epic hunt too yeah just a stud
1: i mean we knew what he was doing you know working them scrapes and so you know we'll talk about that but yeah so that that lease you know that's why i've only killed you know there's been some bigger deer there in the summer but then they disappear and they're never there so i don't hunt them so then i move on to another deer well this year we've been able to those deer have been sticking yeah um and i think one of the neighbors that bought a 50 next to it they're on the same page as us which is really nice and uh they happen to be Amish, and it's we share pictures. You know, we talk about um, excuse me the younger deer, and and that I think that's imperative. You know, to being able to have uh, good, you know, getting along with your neighboring people, and you know, you can kind of really start to develop some some good deer. You know, I mean, but they're still deer. Yeah, they're not like unpressured deer. These deer get pressured. They know the game. Um, you know. You still have to be on your game with scent control. I mean, how many times, you know, that night that we killed Tallboy, we had those get way downwind of us. We had a certain tactic that we'll explain that we were trying to do, but when they would get too far out from us, they would start to pick us up and feel like something's just not right, and they would just kind of skirt off. They didn't, like, go crazy blowing, but they could tell, and
0: they they moved on out. Um, Well, let's – I mean, what – so, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about what happened the night before we killed him, but um, leading up to, I mean, I know, you know, you were sitting over a, a big-time food plot. What, what was planted in there? It was... It's just clover. Just clover. That's it. Um, And that was established this spring? Yeah, or... that was five years. It's an old plot
1: going out. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So, it's been frost seeded a few times. Uh, it's been they've used it as a log landing a couple times so it's just been abused um so i'd plant the plots put all the money into it and then they'd come in that winter and log and like oh this is a great spot to make a log landing <laughs> let's turn our log trucks around here and load logs here and land logs here and push dirt here and do this and that and then i'm stuck with cleaning it up But the price never changes yeah but uh anyway so that you know but I just kept frost-seeding it because I didn't want it, because it was still good enough in the most part of it. But Tallboy always called that part of the farm home. It was the farthest part in the back. That was his ridge back there that he lived on. Um, he just... That was his area.
0: You know? So, I mean, like, leading up to that, that first night, the night before you killed, uh, what what made you go in that night? Um, And just any kind of detail that you can give the yeah. listeners? <laughs> well, basically tall boy was you know working the edge of this food
1: plot um a lot and he had scrapes laced all along the edge of this clover plot but what they were doing they had switched to the acorns real heavy and so they were working on this ridge back there a lot eating you got to push in on it
0: try to t- turn this light on here yeah there so then
1: go. he was eating on these acorns quite a bit deer were you know Staying back there, staging up, and then they'd work their way into the clover plot, um, you know, towards dark, and then go on out into the beans. So the clover plot was a little bit of a staging area for deer to stop, socialize, um, scrape, butt heads, whatever they wanted to do. Deer are very social in this <coughs> manner. So I knew what scrapes he was on. I'd actually started one of those scrapes earlier in the year with a mock, you know, mock scrape with black widow, just using young buck scent. And uh, he instantly took it over. Got some pictures of him by it. But he was moving a little bit in daylight. Like, he felt a little bit comfortable because he just hadn't been messed with a lot. Um, and it was far enough back in that I feel like he was letting his guard down some. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to take advantage of that. But I knew that he would only move on to that plot in the wind direction that when he could go into the plot that the wind direction was in his favor. So we had to hunt tight on the edge, like basically right over his scrape. Like literally had to wait for him to almost get there to it and then pound him. You know, So how we were going to have to do it. And I went in the first time by myself. I didn't have Dylan filming, and he literally came out but he walked by so fast that I could not get him to stop and I didn't want him to booger. So I just let him move on and I had to watch that dude for like 10 minutes and I never could get a shot. Mm -hmm. He was in the woods eating acorns and then he took off. Headed on out to the beans. So then I got hold of Dylan. I was like, look, we got the same wind tomorrow. I think he's gonna do the same thing again. I need you to come with me and film. So we did, and basically same scenario. Yeah. You know, we hunted tight trying to blow our wind right over top of him. But we knew the wind was gonna fall out in about the middle of the plot. We knew we were taking a little bit of chance. Uh, but with the phase system that we use, you know, the by illusion systems, pretty good scent control. You know, I use Black Widow once in a while as a cover scent spray it in the air some you just try to get away with anything you can and um i just don't think you can beat a deer's nose 100 percent. you know i hear some people say that i did you know wearing <laughs> you know they're i'm just saying like 100 100 like they didn't they might let their guard down and still do what they're doing but they're not going to be like they didn't get any kind of whiff of you Right. somewhat if the wind is hitting them directly in the face i
0: mean i've gotten away with a lot i'm just saying i mean then <clears throat> the does like nothing like blew out of there like crazy. no uh-uh. but they knew something you know yeah. was there but it wasn't enough to like ruin our hunt yeah but the tactic was imperative for the bucks because the bucks walked that line yeah i mean any any other hunter like we had, we had like kind of talked about this after the hunt was over and i was like dude like once I, I mean, showed Dylan on the map what I was doing, I never yeah. even really explained it when we went in. Right. Um, because, I mean, I guess if you can picture this, you know, we're, we're sitting on, like, this little bowl, and we're sitting – I mean, what's the best way to describe this? Because I would have hung on the other side of the bowl yeah. just to be safe. Well, you'd have had – And anybody the, else probably would have, too. That
1: way your wind would have blew over that ravine, which would have been the smart thing to do, but I knew by but, the – But a 50, 60-yard shot. Yeah, but I knew by the Spartan camera intel – he was
0: not over there. He was always on this edge working those scrapes. Yeah. So, I mean, we were really just counting on him to stay stay tight to the edge, which he did the night before. You got pictures of him doing it. And, uh, you know, he kind of read the script there. I mean, he came in with a really, the footage is awesome. Yeah. He came in, um, you know, right behind a big eight um, that, that you know pretty well. We call him Droop. Yeah, He's a big deer. He comes right in, I mean, right underneath us. And then tall boy working his way behind. And it, there for a second, it kind of looked like he was gonna cut back. Yeah, I thought he was
1: gonna go in the woods behind us. Yeah. I was oh getting, man, I was freaking out. Yeah. But then he come back out and went right beside us there, and we got him to stop. And Dylan almost didn't have it on film. I didn't. Well, your camera was raising a little bit. He was cutting his rack off pretty good. Well, I was just trying to zoom in, I don't... you know, get some good quality. Yeah. But anyway, so then, then we he sailed one right through his fat lungs. And he died in hell. Yeah, he and the, died in the worst <laughs> possible ravine on the whole farm at the bottom. And it's steep and nasty. And like I said, they had just logged it. So a bunch of spice bush and rocky. It's Spring Mountain for a reason because it's uh, that, and that's where I killed it. So if everybody wants to know it's Spring Mountain because everybody's been talking about it. <laughs> Good uh, chase that dude. In fact, today we got a call that people are trying to steal my lease from me. The landowner called me this morning, upping the price again because now other people are trying to take the lease. Unreal. Unreal.
0: (laughs) So anyway, like I I do want to talk, not to like plug product here, but that G5 broadhead tore him up, dude. This deer lodged himself under this log. I mean, he was dead running. And the arrow stuck
1: in the ground. I mean, it was a complete pass through, dude. So for all those people that were griping at me on all our reels this year, where I was shooting deer in the past with lower poundage and I wasn't getting pass throughs, this one you'll be happy with because it completely passed through. Even though all those uh, deer died within fifty, they're all on your wall. Yeah, I know. (laughs) But everybody's so crazy about got to have a pass through. Oh, you have to. I'm. I'm so. Don't you know anything, Ben? I know what so I told the one guy. I was like, maybe I should come learn from you. Yeah. <laughs> because I don't have enough big my, deer on my wall.
0: My favorite one, my fa- my, one of my favorite comments, it's on TikTok, where it's the absolute worst talkers. TikTok is the worst. Um, but anyway, it was that just that Spartan video when you hung it up, you wiped it down with ah, some foilage. Yeah. And you, So Ben wipes his camera down with foilage. He goes, it may, may not do a lot, you know, but... It, it might help where the camera's been kind of marinating in the truck or a, a pack or whatever. You know, he literally says, it might not do a lot. Well, I mean, dude, people tore into us oh, on, yeah. on that reel. We got more negative comments on that. Like, well, they didn't smell where
1: you yeah. broke the branch. You yeah. threw the branch on the ground. Blah, blah, blah. It, it was, was a cedar way. tree. It was a cedar branch.
0: Like, it stinks. Like, cedar has a smell. So, anyway, this guy says, well, uh, my, <laughs> he's, well, my granddad smoked cigarettes and and shot a giant, and then this other guy says, "I dropped a big steamer out of the tree stand and <laughs> shot a giant." Yeah. yeah. But I mean, really, it's like, well, okay, well, are you doing it every year? Is your grandpa killing a giant every year, or you just do it one time? Got yeah,
1: dropping a deuce every time you go hunting and killing a dude deer?
0: <laughs> Probably out not of
1: the stand. <laughs> Which, whatever. I feel like just like pee. I pee out of the tree stand. Yeah, I mean, but you're not I'm not. Sure. If I'm going to hunt that stand a lot through the week, I'm not going to pee out of it multiple, multiple, multiple times. But I will pee out of that tree stand. Are you mm-hmm. gonna drop a log though? No. I'll get down.
0: <laughs> <You're kidding. laughs>
1: but uh, you know, it's one of those deals where it's like it passes through your body, it's urine. Yeah. I mean, unless you've been drinking nasty, stinky stuff, like I drink nasty black coffee, you call it. But, you know, that can have a different kind of smell in your urine or But anyways, we killed that deer, he died in the worst possible spot. The took G5. us a to I mean literally out. he didn't but the sad part was he was dead on his feet like he was dead the second he hit the woods oh yeah but he just had so much momentum
0: going that he just went to the bottom I can't believe honestly like with how hard that deer was running I can't believe he almost did a break his rack I know especially I actually worried about lodged him. up under that log like he did yeah. I mean <laughs> I, got I was a, actually worried about I got out on that. video and you're like you're like trying to pull him out and you're like what in the world? Yeah, couldn't get him out. <laughs> he was lodged like you never yeah, seen. He needed a log skitter. Yeah, I mean if that deer was alive and did that under yeah. that Well, he probably broke his neck. Yeah, or his back. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but uh, so that was pretty exciting, and then um, that tactic worked though. Yeah, Blowing it over there,
1: just right over top of him.
0: Yep, and the, and the phase was you know it was just enough to to you know to beat the does, and uh, you had an up and coming buck that came out. Uh, you know he. He was a little, little skittish, but oh, yeah. Gator. Yep, he never blew out of there. and Then, um, I guess you can kind of touch too, like. Um, yeah, well that like, farm got hit by EHT. That's he's gonna get it out there. So I almost let it go this morning
1: when the guy called me and pumping me for the price. I felt like saying, "Yeah, go ahead." Yeah. You let him, a, let yeah. him
0: pay it. You had
1: a giant. Because they're think. they're all dead, and we'll kill the rest of them now. Yeah. You had a great but, great yeah, deer out there. I had a deer called Magnum, double drop on one side, super stud, four and a half year old. Um, he was going to be an awesome deer next year. Bless his heart. Yeah, Hopefully we'd have made him a movie star. Yeah, but it well, uh, was awesome. Him and another deer and a couple other smaller deer. So it is what it is. It's just part of what you deal with sometimes. But that was really my first experience with the HD, and so I've been kind of trying to learn a little bit more about it.
0: Learning, you know, it's hard to put your finger on the HD and you know just how it works. Yeah, there's a whole.
1: I think the most educated man on it as far as the hunter goes is Mark. Oh, for I mean, sure. Mark is very... He's dealt with it since 98. Mm-hmm. You know, and he actually texted me after he saw my post because he knew how bad I felt. And he's like, look, man. like you know," And he just tried to encourage me and he's like, you know, which was great. I was very... I thought it was awesome that he reached out because I was pretty bummed. You know, it was one of the best year I'd lost in a long time to something like that, you know, other than a hunter. Um, so, it was just heartbreaking. But you put so much effort and time into that's what i think a lot of people don't understand that that are just hunt just 100 percent public land hunters and and that's fine i mean you, you know if that's the only place you can hunter that's what you truly enjoy good for you yeah but it's you two know, totally different games it is i mean i don't think they're always totally different deer no but i do believe that yes deer on private land that are that's managed a little bit like some of our stuff but our stuff isn't big enough to be like pet deer Right. You know, we're talking anybody's is honestly. Yeah, I don't I mean, think. So. Yeah, let's, let's I real. agree. I don't think anybody's says yeah. because they're still a white-tailed deer. But you know, if they don't get messed with all the time, they can tend to walk in daylight more, without mm-hmm. a doubt. But the one thing I've always tried to stress to people is like, look, you know, when you own your own dirt, though it's special because you're like giving back, mm-hmm. like you're really putting back into the land. You're investing into it, not only spending your paycheck. On dirt to maybe leave for your family or as an investment or whatever but you're giving back to the wildlife you're watching those deer grow and you build a relationship with them from the does to the bucks it doesn't matter like there's just nothing more awesome than sitting on a farm that you've worked hard to have some dirt and watch those animals and know that what you're doing is helping them yeah you're going to kill a few of them um but overall it's just the experience from the turkeys to the squirrels to the coo- you know everything yeah. that, that lives there um it's just having a certain experience. history with an animal yeah. too. is just and like it's just, it's just neat yeah you know and i never was really able to get into buying dirt till just you know a couple years ago so i'm 48 now so i'm enjoying the heck out of it yeah. you know as you should but uh You know, one thing I will say, like, you know, we're doing this podcast. I I understand how some podcasts get so long, but that's one thing I don't want to do with ours. I don't want to make it to the point where people are driving in their truck falling asleep as they're Mm -hmm. listening to it, you know. yeah. So I'm not going to say let's cut it off, but I'm just going to say, like, we want to keep people coming back. And there's so many subjects you can drift into and start talking about that, you know. Buying dirt could be one down the road. or And I know other people do things on it, but we could give my own experience or journey on it. Well, this is my podcast, Ben. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's right. forgot you were the one that made me do it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, so I guess, you know, anybody
0: that has ideas or certain things they want to hear, just reach out to us. Or even questions. I mean, I guess we could answer some questions Um you know, if you guys have questions, we could cover those on the on the yeah, show. Email be... ben at com or dylan at
1: whitetailedge.com. I prefer you email Dylan. Yeah. At white, D-Y-L-O-N,
0: not yep. A-N. My parents D-Y-L-O-N. were creative. Yeah. D-Y-L-O-N. So, okay, then, um, so the day after you kill, I go after the Urban Buck. Yep. Oh,
1: that, podcast is over. No, yeah. I'm just...
0: <laughs> And that's it for... <laughs> And uh so we'll just go ahead and cover that you know real quick here and kind of keep it brief. Obviously, you know, it was all recorded and it's going to be a part of the show, but um yeah, so the urban the urban deal was uh you know, a first experience this year. I, I learned a, I learned a ton. I did knock on a lot of doors. It was just uh I was glassing a lot this summer trying to find something worth killing. Um uh, found a couple of good bucks, you know, just just glassing around and uh didn't have a whole lot, of, whole lot of luck on the permission and been wanting to try the urban deal for, for quite some time and um, ended up getting some permission pieces, found a really good deer. Um, and uh, so, you know, the night after we killed Tallboy, I go in, make my move, good cold front. I actually had to, you know, the way this property is, I had to give this deer the wind. Uh, he would only daylight on a north wind and that's it. Um, not a whole lot of movement because it was such a small parcel uh, so, I had to give this deer the wind. I gave him the wind the first night. He comes in. Uh, deer had me super rattled. And uh, I took a shot and missed him. Wasn't even close, really. I Pretty embarrassing shot looking back at <laughs> the footage, to be honest. But, um, Whist. yeah. Well, I mean, I had a three year old eight point at like 12 yards that had me pegged, had that deer alerted. Um, and, you know, ideally, I, I, I went into panic mode, but ideally, I should have just never drawn. Should have just let him do his thing. If he was going to leave, I should have just let him left. But, you know, I think you learn more from from failures than anything. It's supposed to. Yeah. Um, but, you know, biggest year of your life comes in. It's sometimes it is. It can be
1: nerve-wracking, yes.
0: Hard to keep your composure, but. So, anyway, I uh, I called you after I missed And I was like, man, I don't know what I should do. You know, he ran off to a pretty safe distance. I knew where he went. Um, I think we both kind of agreed that maybe I just get out of there while I can. There was probably an hour left of light. So I got out of there, had about an hour drive home. I drive home and um, I got a picture of him that evening about last light and uh, decided, you know, I had a north wind the next day. It was gonna switch the following day. Uh, another north wind, and uh, really took the scent control to a, a whole other level uh, with the phase and everything. Had to give him the wind again. I rewashed all my stuff again that night, uh, knowing that this deer was you know, probably a little more alerted than he was the night before, and uh, saw him from about 40 yards, took him forever to work his way in, and uh, he ended up giving me, giving me a, one more shot, and was able to punch my tag, so... Pretty pumped about it. It's a cool deer, tons of character. Um, older deer. I don't know how old he was. I wanted to get him mage, but why didn't you? I don't know. I just didn't. <laughs> he but, had a weird foot. Well, yeah, he had an injury to his to his right side. It looked like he like broke his ankle. Yeah. Didn't nasty. you tell
1: the lady that you were asking permission to hunt in the urban zone that like you needed to kill the deer to put him out of his misery because he was hurt? Well. I... Something like that, but he really just had clubfoot, (laughs) or he was just limping around. He was fine.
0: Well, I don't know if he was fine. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Dylan's tactics. Yeah. (laughs) Don't be giving away my secrets now. But we have um, to put him down, ma'am. Yeah. That. (laughs) Oh yes, you can hunt. (laughs) That deer did have some age to him, for sure. It is by far the oldest deer you've ever killed. Yeah, no doubt. Old, older deer. His leg did look pretty nasty, but um, did you eat it? Yeah, I did. that leg. I ate his heart.
1: <laughs> I know you did. You sent me pictures. I was puking. <laughs> I'm not a meat. I'm not the meat eater like Steve Renell I am not that. Yeah. Like I like deer meat, but I do not love it. Like. Oh, I uh. Dylan eats I everything. Sh- Dylan eats scrapple off hogs. What is I, that? Uh, <laughs> you don't even know. I figured you. Did. I got some for you though, because the fair pig we bought, we had some made, so you can have some it's uh, basically the leftovers all boiled
0: down and then fried up and then whatever not fry you fry it up if you stop at mcdonald's you're probably eating worse than that so. <laughs> probably but uh yeah so i ate the heart yeah. next yeah, night did. Um, I, I do yeah. like deer but i don't like it as much as you do I mean, my I, wife wouldn't eat my wife wouldn't eat it because she watched the uh jeffrey Dahmer deal on uh, netflix Really? so she was all grossed out but I'm not anyway, touching that. Yeah, so we'll move on. Um, about the time this podcast drops, it's probably going to be next week. Today's the 18th. And uh, it's creeping up on one of your favorite days of all time, October 23rd. Yeah. Um, it'll probably be a little bit after that by the time this drops. Um, but can you give us some tactics for this time of year? We're coming in, it's late October. <coughs> We're coming into early November. Um, what are some of the things you're keying in on this time of year? What are you looking for?
1: Yeah, so my cameras are all shifting to a lot of scrapes, um, travel routes where bucks are going to be moving a little bit more, um, cruising their territory. You're going to find a lot of bucks starting to hit scrapes in daylight now or right at daylight or right at dark, you know, some before dark. Um, It's a good time to start getting on a good deer. So if you've not used mock scrapes or you find some scrapes, it's a good time to try them and you don't just throw mock scrapes just anywhere. Um, but you know you try to be in the kind of the general vicinity of where these deer are going to be where you already know they're traveling that helps a lot but the best this time of year is to find an actual active scrape you know big active mock or big active scrape on the community scrape on the edge of a field or uh, food plot corner or in the on a timbered ridge that's full of acorns where they're eating you put a camera on that you're going to see what's living there and it's going to tell you kind of when they're moving and give you a little inventory and you know maybe uh might develop a pattern that you could use to get on a deer but deer are really active right now especially with this cold front. we've had the most epic cold front this year and yeah. early season than i can ever remember more big deer have died in the last four weeks than i can ever remember in any state you know that this cold front has hit this early in the season so it's been really great for that um you know so then shifting from that, you know, you're, you're going to start to see that seeking phase start coming into play here soon. So, you know, you're going to be needing to be in some funnel areas or in between doe bedding areas, things like that. Um, good places to start. You know, if you've got good food sources, they're still going to those food sources right now. They're going out there looking at the does or bumping heads with the other bucks, still kind of getting their dominance shown, especially the big ones. You know, that's what a good tactic for me has been on the edge of a good green food source close to grain or something like that or still fresh cut corn or something you know where bucks are going out there a little bit early on those high pressure days checking things out moving good um you know follow the deer cast app it's really informative as far as telling you about high pressure um you know good days great days you can type in your location things like that and you know i'm still big about the moon so you know i follow that a lot um you know i, I do believe that the moon has an effect i know some people believe not but <clears throat> the ocean is affected by the moon the tide mm-hmm. how can it not the gravitational forces affect animals i mean i know i sleep horrible during full moon periods i, I don't, so I don't pretty, sleep i always usually you, you can sleep
0: through a train wreck the moon could fall out of the sky. Yeah, it could.
1: The train could run through this house
0: tomorrow morning and you'd never wake up. <laughs> Either because it ran me over or yeah. it missed me. I'd probably yeah. still be You and Kyle both. <laughs>
1: Same way. So. Mouse farts and I'm up. Yeah. Beep. What, what was that?
0: <laughs> so... um a lot of edge hunting right now you're not getting yeah i mean i do
1: i will hunt the timber like if you if you can get into an acorn flat for sure or in those areas but definitely edges are key right now you know observing if you need to if you if you got to hunt but you don't know exactly where to sit or you're not sure you're on a deer then hunt an observatory spot from a distance that you can watch maybe a, a field or if you're hunting some public ground you know if you're hunting public ground, surely you've done your homework and you kind of know where those deer are feeding. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I can't, you know, whenever I hunt public ground, I know where the Oak ridges are. I know where the swamps are. I know where the benches are, that deer bet on, you know, I find all that stuff. I look for that stuff mm-hmm. and I want to know where the buck sign was from the year before. Those are going to be the areas I'm going to concentrate a little bit on. And sometimes they're right by the road, you know, where they're crossing from one thing to another. Um, sometimes they're not, sometimes they're deep, but There's been so many podcasts done on, and shows done on getting deep for public land that I think everybody goes deep now, because there's a lot more serious hunters about public than there used to be, Yeah, and...
0: The bucks are better by the parking lot. Yeah, sometimes
1: (laughs) deer are not as far as you think
0: they are. They kind of pattern the people. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of how, like, the the urban stuff was too like i kind of took it for granted kind of thought these deer were a little bit stupid considering that the buck i killed was seen in a lot of yards yeah a lot of times but um you know they're pretty used to people not being in the woods in a tree yeah and it kind of kind of might have been
1: living on seven acres or three acres or four
0: acres he was used to those people not being in that spot. Yeah, I mean, surely this, this deer probably knows. Sometimes, you know, it might sound crazy, but when these people are leaving and coming and going, and if they're, if it's normal for them to be out in their backyard grilling a lot or, what have you, so it kind of threw me for a, for a loop. I kind of took, you know, the urban deer for granted. Kind of
1: so I text Tori. Tori Miller is on our team. I said, Tori, what's the magic number, for podcast times? And he goes, keep it between forty-five and sixty minutes.
0: So yeah, it's an hour. So, well, we're creeping up on that. But um, one last thing I just wanted to cover was DeerCast uh, and the the new features, the maps, which you've been putting to work a lot. Yeah. I, I wind do checker. all the yeah, I do all the time. Um, the the rain gauge, yeah. the yeah. Wind Checker app, or yeah. part of it, being able to draw in lines. It's got parcel
1: data. one app and everything tells you what days are good what days are bad
0: pressure wind direction auditor information to yeah to get a hold of land maps Uh, and they
1: will even tell you this themselves the the aerial views are not as updated as some apps out there yet but that will come it's mm -hmm. just very expensive yeah so this whole app thing is an expensive app um Mm -hmm. But it's there's the, so much to it though. The information is great, and and all the other features that DeerCast app has, like its own social media platform, you can post to it. DeerCast track pictures, yeah. It's got a thing on there where you can look where it shows you deer anatomy. If you make a bad shot, gives you video uploads of like how to handle that, especially for like beginner or mediocre hunters. Um, this is a great app for you to have if you don't have it. You can watch White Tail Edge on it. Yeah, you can. Our show airs on. On that how awesome is that
0: yeah and there's a, actually a, a big collection of jury videos on there as well too. Oh yeah I mean, they so put everything plus they put almost everything semi-live that they just did yeah so it's a, a it's a tool and also I mean there's a lot of good entertainment aspects mm-hmm. to it as well so that's right but uh yeah so a lot of cool things coming down the pipe uh, we got a busy season ahead of us chasing um, a big deer yeah we're hoping to get on in if people quit
1: trespassing yeah <laughs> I kind of got my heart broke today but well. We resolved it. Yeah, so hopefully we can, but yeah, we are hunting a very large deer, so we're hoping to get on that
0: deer and bring him to y'all, so we'll see. All right, guys, so I think that does Thanks it. Thanks for listening. For the first podcast, thank you for finally doing it, Ben. You're welcome, Dylan, I had, with an O. I, I, had to, I had to pause for a little bit. and <laughs> Ask Ben to keep going. Yeah. He was like, I'm, I'm losing this. Like forty five minutes in. I'm like, Alright, I'm done. My whole deer story, you're over there looking at your Spartan <laughs> app. I'm like, Oh, this is great. Well, I gotta check my camera pictures. Yeah. Well, it was it was like a flashback of the Deer Society um, <laughs> cut ins or the you know, the interviews for mm-hmm. the hunt breakdowns. Gotcha. I sit through three of yours full attention. I get up to do mine. And we literally had to stop the interview because Ben's laying on the ground behind me snoring. <laughs> uh,
1: I was tired, man.
0: Drove yeah. a long way. All right, guys, Minnesota. <laughs> Appreciate you guys listening. Um, let us know what you think. You can catch us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube,
1: whitetailedge.com, T V on YouTube. Yeah, we got
0: an awesome store, plenty of apparel and different items, black widow, deer lures all on our website for purchase. Um, oh
1: and we have a promo page code or a page on our website with promo codes for some of our sponsors that you can use. Yep, public codes that can help save you money. Um and it has a list of all our sponsors all on there and we appreciate every one of you sponsors that may have heard this.
0: Yep. So all right guys, again, thank you for listening to the White Edge podcast. God bless.